Oh my goodness, it's a new season of the Being Freelance podcast, and this episode is brought to you by the Being Freelance community. I know, but indulgent, but I really want you to know about it, because it's a place where you can hang out with others who get what it's like, be inspired, supported, cheered up, feel part of something, because you're not alone being freelance. Join us at beingfreelance.com, just click community. And right now, let's find out what it's like being freelance for graphic designer and art director, Victoria O'May. I try to look at at each new client as a new opportunity to expand my portfolio. I'm really putting myself into it to better the the processes and, and how I was presenting myself to the client and to the world. It's an interesting path, I think, being freelance. I think uh, uh, you have to think that you have a business. You know, I see myself as a, I, I own a business. I am my business. And I think it's important to create a network and have some support because it can get lonely to work at home as much as I enjoy. Sometimes you get in your head too much, you know, and, and it's good to go out and talk to other people and realize that, that they go through the same thing. So, yeah, it's good to have other freelancers around. Yes, there is Victoria. Her story coming up in a moment. She's from Brazil. She lives in Spain. Can't wait for you to hear it. This season will end with episode 300. And maybe you don't care. (laughs) Maybe that's not a big deal to you. But it is to me. Crazy. And actually, this week on the blog at beingfreelance.com, go take a look because Elizabeth, who is a new freelancer, has listened over the past year, in fact, less than a year, to all 294 existing episodes of the podcast and has written a blog post for the website um, all about what she's taken away from that. It's a really great read. It's not that long. Go take a look. Beingfreelance.com. Elizabeth, thank you for doing that. And thank you for sharing the podcast. I know she listens every Sunday. And yeah, good luck with being freelance. Anyway, yes, 294 done. Here comes the 295th. Uh, We're off to Spain to chat to freelance graphic designer and art director, Victoria O'May. Hola. Hola. (laughs) Because you're from Brazil, right? Yes, I'm Brazilian by birth. Yeah, I I lived in Brazil until I was 21. Is it hola as well or is it something else? Uh, You can say hola, but usually we say oi. Oi, I like that. Okay, (laughs) oi. So as ever, can't wait to hear how you got started being freelance. There was a take one and take two, so I'll try to not take too long to to explain. Uh, I used to work in advertising and I was living in London for a few years uh, and then I decided I wanted to change and I moved to Spain, to Malaga, and then I changed everything. And I started bringing freelance, which didn't work very well at the beginning. Uh, so I had to take a step back and, you know, see how, how I would approach it in a different way. And then I, I, I took a job in an agency uh, here in Spain. And then I did my take two, which is where I'm now. And that's, that's how, how I started being a freelance, uh, which like in, in a very a quick way. So. At first, I, I wanted to change. I wanted to be like to control my own time and have more freedom. And I didn't want to live in a big city. So it felt like freelance could give me that. But I jumped into it unprepared and moving to a new country with a new language. So it was really overwhelming. And then the second time, I took it uh, time by time. So I was more conservative in my approach. So I had a financial cushion. I had a job and slowly I was doing like a side like a side project you know so paid side projects and getting my clients and building building a a portfolio that would represent where I wanted to be 
And then in 2020, yes, at the end of 2020, I, I started freelancing, like just full time. And I'm here now. And so that first attempt, as you mm -hmm. put it, how long did that first attempt last? It was quite long because I, I moved to, to Spain and, um, and I was just taking it easy. I took like a sabbatical and I did courses and I was enjoying just, just you know, seeing what I wanted to take my, my next step. So I could say to, from, I don't know, three years, three years, I think it was. Oh, right. I was getting the impression it was like maybe three months. No, no, I, no, no, no. I think it was three years that, uh, you know, I was still finding my fit in Spain and uh, bureaucracy here is, is a bit crazy. If you want to start a business, it's a bit better now, but yeah. And then I, I moved from, I moved town uh, and then I found a job in a local agency, uh, which, which is really good to understand how people, you know, work in different countries and in, in, in similar industry. And that gave me a good background as well here as well. So in that first attempt, how did you go about finding your clients? I had lots of Brazilian clients then, which were contacts from, you know, uh, being Brazilian and friends of friends, friends of family. So this was mainly how I found. And then I was doing a lot of local networking as well. I was in a co-working space and, you know, I found a lot of people, but I really made things complicated for myself because I moved, that was 2013, around that. And the crisis was still very, very strong in Spain, especially in the south of Spain. So it was complicated to find the kind of clients I wanted locally. The crisis, the like the financial... The financial crisis, yeah. Of like 2008, that was still exactly. kind of going. That was still strong here at right. the time, yeah. And yes, yeah, especially in the South, it's very reliable on services and tourism and everything. So, um, so yeah, so I was looking for local clients and uh, lots of Brazilian clients and just out of networking and friends and family. That was pretty much how, how I found the, the clients then. It was all right. It wasn't too bad, but it was not, I was not feeling like I was in the right direction. So I took a step back. What was it that felt wrong? Because three years sounds like you managed to kind of get it up and running and were still going. Yeah, it's just um, I was not getting like the the type of clients I wanted, like budget-wise, and I was not focused enough. I think it wasn't the right time for me. So if three years was like a long time, but when you move to a new country, it's just so many things uh, going on. Like, and and I was I was trying to to focus on on other other things as well, such as illustration. So I think I was a bit like. Too many things at a time, you know? Yeah, I suppose being freelance can take up a lot of headspace. So you found it easier then to go into a full-time role at an agency? Yeah, definitely. And how long did you spend there? I think that was from... Four, four years? years? Yeah, three, four years. There you four are. Years, Our yeah. maths! Good. Yeah, We've yeah, better than me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and did you learn anything from your time in that agency that you then took into your second attempt of freelancing? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um Anything I learned from advertising, uh, my time in advertising and then in that agency, it's just a getting to know your process. I think the more you do something, you know, the, the better you get at it by understanding how, you know, step by step, just having a, the creative process needs uh, some sort of structure. <laughs> it's not just sitting down there and, you know, getting the ideas. So, yeah, so I think structuring my process and learning from other people as well. And and I think the world has changed so much since the, the first time I attempt bring free, freelance and then the second time. So that also plays a big part in it. I think I had um, 
I learn in the job and also the world around me and the internet, everything changed so much. Yeah. So when you then went freelance the second time, how did you get your clients in? How did you go about getting like the higher paying clients or the clients doing the work that you wanted to? Yeah, well, then it was, um, I was looking at networking more online. So we're still lots of referrals for people that I, I knew, like start working with a couple of clients and you get referrals and then you get referrals. That That's how I'm getting the work now. But yeah, I think online a lot is just being networking and making connections in social media and being in groups, different groups, and also job boards, you know, looking for opportunities and seeing who was looking for freelance um, uh, design projects. What kind of online networking did you find worked really well for you? Facebook groups, surprisingly, and also just commenting and going in and you know trying to to be present and and share your ideas with people. There's some Slack groups as well that are helpful. So the different. There's not one place. I feel there's lots mm-hmm. of different places. Just trying to be in different places and things will start you know coming your way. Especially if you have a portfolio that you know helps and people connect with the work and then. Usually, if this, this happens, like the the relationship between client and the designer is is a good one. And where are your clients then? Are they because originally a lot of them were in Brazil? No, they're not actually. Uh, they were in the past. I had quite a few, uh, which I love working with Brazilians. Uh, but now they're mostly in in the United States. So interesting. Yeah, yeah, I know. I was surprised too when it started happening. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of projects do you work on as in like is it something that might last months and months or very short things do you have things running side by side like multiple projects at once like what's what's it look like for you uh it's a bit of everything i think uh i do project base it could be long as two months it could be something quicker but usually i do a lot of brand identity so that takes some time and it takes a lot uh, as well of like a previous time to getting to know the client really understanding so it's a very you know um intimate relationship because you, you have to learn a lot about the client and the plans and the dreams and the businesses. So that can take, you know, two months or, or longer, if, especially if you're going to web design. So I might be working with a client for, for a year, you know, and that's, that's one project depending on what they have and, and their, their timings as well. And then I have a retainer client as well. So we work monthly together. We have different projects and work on different things and so it, it is a bit of a, of a mixture how do you manage to stay organized when you've got all those things going on at once oh yes um i try not to take <laughs> yeah, yeah. i had to learn uh i try not to take too many clients at the same time so i need a buffer between projects and and paddings you know so so i can you know move from one to another and not be overwhelmed because i think what we do is is creative so you do need brain space to, to, to work. You know, you cannot have like a bunch of projects going on at the same time. So I, I, I thank Google Calendar and Trello. So my second brain is in there and, and I put notes, to-do lists and, and just block my calendar for the important projects and important dates that I need to be, you know, available. So this, this Trello and Google Calendar are really helpful for me. And do you have like a I don't know something that you're known for or a niche like be it in terms of design or in terms of industry or or more general Mm, I think I'm more general um 
to be honest, I have been like thinking about, oh, everyone says niche down, niche down. And, and I understand that. But I I never did. And I think now I can niche down for service, by service. So I do a lot of brand identity. I do book covers. Um, but sometimes these brand identities, you know, they become websites or they become packaging. And then depending on the project, if it's something that's beyond my skills, I will collaborate with a different uh, freelancer or a different professional uh, to, to do the copy or to do development or a CEO, depending on each client's uh, needs. But yeah, I think uh, mainly now I do a lot of brand identity and, and book covers. And I don't know if uh, I have a very clean style. I try not to decorate the work too much. And I hear that from clients. So I think there is something about the work that that speaks to the clients more than the niching, more than the the industry or the type of service. Mm. That's what I hope to think. <laughs> uh, when you say you collaborate with others or have done, mm-hmm. is that where you've hired them? Well, no, it's more like I put them in touch with the client. Right. So we do the project together, you know, and rather than me hiring, I'm looking at getting help now, but internally. So I can free up my time uh, a little bit or with things that maybe someone else could be doing. Uh, but that would be like something more internal. I'll be the client facing. And then if we need a developer, then uh, I think most freelancers do enjoy like talking to the clients and the clients like to know who they're talking to, you know, who's doing the work. So that's how usually how I work. Yeah. And how have you found like the business side of being freelance? Yeah, that took me a while to get my rent around it. I must say now there's so much information online about being freelance, you know. I mean, you have a course, don't you? <laughs> so there is just so many resources uh, that you can find and learn and, and the courses and everything. That's so helpful. I'm, I think the first time I, I went to freelance, that was, uh, yeah, a while back. It wasn't like that. And I think the world wasn't like that. So uh, now I think um, I, I did some courses uh, just, you know, just to, to get my head around, especially the financial side. Now I have my Excel sheets. <laughs> you know, I I track my income. I have, um, how do you call it, a invoice uh, system that I use. But I do have an assistant. I don't know how you call it in the UK. I think in the US is a CPA, someone that does the taxes for me mm-hmm. and all the, the whole the whole taxes thing. And, we have quite a lot of uh, paperwork to do here in Spain. So I this is the first thing I, I did. I, I just want someone to help me with that side of things, um, like the more paperwork side of things. Yeah, so I do use my Excel sheets to organize the income and then the invoices and everything is is written down in the same place. And I have um, a projection of how much you know my, my earnings will be for the year. And I should be focusing more time on marketing. But I'm not. So that's something I want to look into 2023 to see if I can, you know, just dedicate a little bit bit more time to marketing. So that's so important. But yeah, it's just sometimes you get wrapped up in the routine and the work and and it becomes hard. Yeah. So you moved to Spain. You wanted to sort of live more rurally, was it? Like, you know, like not necessarily in a city. No, no, not in a big city like London or São Paulo, where I was living before. Oh, yes, yeah. the, the two, we, like two of the biggest cities. Yeah, it's just it's not it's not too difficult to go smaller than that. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I just I was looking for a different way of life. It's just it's just slower. I just needed to slow down, and I was not 
so keen to be in, you know, working like, I don't know, 40 something hours a week and, and the commuting and everything so expensive. And it's just, it just felt like never ending race, you know? And then I, I had the opportunity to move to Malaga, um, with some sort of comfort and, and, you know, um, and, and nice situation. And I did. So I thought, okay, I'll give it a go. And I think, uh, yeah, I'm, I like moving around. <laughs> you know, it was an opportunity to live in a new country, learn a different language. Yeah. So. Because it's part of what I'm um, wondering about whether you feel like you've found that work life balance that you were looking for when you made the move. Yeah, I definitely did. I mean, it was hard at the beginning uh, because it was everything was new. And but then now, uh, after you know so many years, I, I'm you know I took the, the jump to to move to another country and and a different lifestyle, live in a smaller city than the one I I was before, and and it's just really nice to be able to walk mostly everywhere and it's like I I, I save so much time, and I can work you know from my home with you know clients all over the world and. And that for me is just perfect balance, not perfect balance because that doesn't exist, but it's a really good, you know, uh, balance uh, and equilibrium between life and work and, and the routine. Now, I'm pretty sure I remember on your Instagram and you don't put a lot of photos on your, of yourself on your Instagram. Oh, no, I'm really bad at Instagram. I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah, it's on the, it's on the to-do list. <laughs> Well, it gives all, all of your work looks amazing. Uh, and then there'll be a little, little, little glimmer every now and again of your face. But there's also one where it, it's like your hand and a tiny hand holding it. You'd had a baby, right? Yes, yes. She's not a baby anymore. But yeah. yeah, I was going to say. So that was, but was that before your second attempt yeah. at freelancing? Uh, yes. Um, she was born in 2019. Um, I have a daughter. She's three now. Um and yeah, and I think um, the pandemic and motherhood pushed me to to jump into freelancing full time because I have been doing like um, the sidelines for quite a while, and that gave me the freedom to push up my prices and choose my clients. But then, once I had to go back to work full time during the pandemic with a with a small baby, that was just like, okay, this is not what I want to do. I don't want to, you know, leave her in the kindergarten or nursery at you know nine a.m. and pick her up at 5 p.m. or whatever time it is every day you know and she's so small so I I decided I needed to be in control of my time to be able to you know spend more time with my daughter and and just that that, you know just be more in control of what I do each day and Mm. the timings and I think freelance is not it's not ideal for for everyone but it is just so flexible so yeah so that 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 little human being <laughs> made a huge part in, in pushing me into getting freelance full time. And how how did you find basically working around having a kid? <laughs> yeah. That that you know, like getting the work done, but also the most demanding client um, screaming at you. Yeah, yeah, that one. I'm sick. I have fever. They don't care. They just want to play. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they don't respect that. Uh, I, I'm very thankful to nursery <laughs> and, and the people that look after my child while I'm working. Um, so yeah, it just uh, with her at home, it's very hard to work. Um, she's three. She's very she's an intense. A child. She's very active, and she just won't let me work. And <laughs> so yeah, well, while she's at home, I, I don't try to work much because I know it's going to be hard uh, unless her dad is here and they're playing. But uh, but yeah, I think I I try to focus my strong working hours while she's in nursery and then and then while she's not I 
I just do other stuff. I stay with her and, you know, do life outside of work. But it is, it was hard at the beginning to, to find my feet, but having help, um, it's, it's so important because otherwise I couldn't find the time, the hours to, to do actual work. Yeah. Do you work like, uh, you know, like a Monday to Friday type thing? Or? Yes. Yes, I do Monday to Friday. I don't work uh, full time. Uh, I mean, it is full time because it's all I do, but I don't work like all eight hours a day. But it's usually Monday to Friday. I try to keep weekends free. Sometimes I have to do a few things. But I honestly, if I have to work on a really cool project on, on the weekend for a few hours, I'm not that bothered because I really enjoy what I do. But I try to keep uh, the space for my family and, you know, for, for my friends and just having like some off time. I, I find it super important to to have this, you know, sort of flow between one thing and another. Back with Victoria in a moment, but I just want to let you know some big news in the Being Freelance community. And that is the fact that for the first time in four years, we are no longer on Facebook. We have stepped away, set up camp on our own patch of land. It's like Animal Crossing, but full of freelancers. Less butterfly nets, more MacBook Pros. But uh, it is a lovely place to be, and I would love you to join us if you haven't already. There's so many more opportunities to interact and get to know each other. We're doing virtual co-working. We have live Q&As. We just had one, actually, with Jonathan Stark from the Ditching Hourly podcast about, um, well, Ditching Hourly pricing. Uh, We've got one coming up with Andrew and Pete from Atomic. We've got one coming up from Sarah Townsend, who wrote Survival Skills for Freelancers. Those are happening, uh, plus tea break socials in real life meetups. For example, in a few weeks' time, if you listen to this as it goes out, we're meeting up in London to go and play mini golf because why the heck not why not take an afternoon off and go and hang out together anyway if you've not seen it yet go to beingfreelance.com click community come and join us if you were in the original community over on facebook please do come over to the new place we've saved you a spot on the sofa take your shoes off on the way in though it's still quite nice in there all the details beingfreelance.com you're not alone being freelance i'll see you in there right back to victoria's story and as well as client work, family, do you do like side projects as well? Mm, I want to, <laughs> but I don't have the time right now, to be honest, to do much side projects. But I do have, let's say, uh, my artwork, which I do in my prints and and I do sometimes embroidery on paper. And I do have my art practice, but it is paused or on a very slow burn right now because it's just... Uh, it's a time of my life that it's not this season, you know, so I'm just waiting until I have a bit more free time to, to be able to get back to it because it's something I really enjoy. And, and it feeds my design work and I feel my design work feeds these as well. So it's, it's a really nice um, conversation between the two practices. But right now it had to take a back seat because there is just so much going on on the other, on the other parts of my life. So, yes, but I do enjoy, yeah. Yeah, because you, you have some amazing prints on. So you have a shop on your website, right? I do. Yeah, I have a shop. Yeah. So a lot of the work I have now, I created while I was pregnant and I, I just had, I was feeling so creative. And then there is some new work that I'm, I have like here ready to, to be on the shop, but I need to set up, I need to sit down and, and, and upload everything. But yeah, it's hard, it's hard to keep producing nonstop, you know, right now. So. But I hope yeah, no, soon. that sounds sensible. Yeah, you're mm. like, I, I simply don't have the time. <laughs> Something's yeah, yeah, got to give. Exactly. But yeah. it's interesting that you say that that 
creative practice you know like doing your own thing feeds into the clients definitely definitely I think uh, when I'm designing I'm not just uh, of course you look at ins- for inspiration at other great brands or you know other websites and design work but I think it's really important to look for it in different fields as well so that could be art architecture music I don't know uh, writing uh, it's just anything that really inspires you so you keep the work fresh and the, the same thing with the artwork, you know, I'm not going to spend, you know, just my references don't need to come only from other artists. They can come from designers and, and I don't know, musicians and so and so on. And scientists, you know, it's yeah, just yeah, anything. Yeah. And how do you find dealing with clients? I enjoy. I really enjoy. Um, I like getting to know people and feeling like I'm, I'm doing something that's going to, you know, in some cases, change their lives because they can you know, leave their full-time jobs and get started on their own small businesses and, and that will grow. So yeah, I really enjoy getting to know people and I find it very exciting when someone reaches out from the internet and they live on the other side of the world and they connected with your work and, and they want you to help them with something that's usually really important for them. So I, I really enjoy it and, and I feel honored really to, to be able to, to help people in such, sorry, in such a direct way. Um, yeah, some, some clients are easier to work than others, but mostly I touch wood. I've been, I've been lucky so far. Most of my clients have been like really easy to, to work with. And, and yeah, I think you just have to be very empathetic. I think being a designer, there is a lot of empathy there. You have to understand uh, the client and then the, who's the client, who, who's the client's client. No, so there is a, there is a whole, a whole story there. So do you have, um, you know, it sounds like you get to know them. Are you like, do you speak to them or on a Zoom call or whatever it might be? Yeah, usually I set up a Zoom call um, and we get a first call to get to know each other and just see, you know, so I tell them a, bit, a little bit about my process and I really like to to get to know them a little bit more because you get a feel from how their relationship will go. It's just different than back and forth emails. I think... Um, it's not just about how much is this service. It's about understanding what they want and what you can offer. And it is, in the end, also understanding how can you how can you help and being very clear about it. So yeah, we always uh, I always try to to get a Zoom call and see them, get to know them. Some people are very shy, and I don't mind keeping on email or doing like just just voice, which is fine. But most people don't mind. So yeah, it really I'm, I'm flexible in that way. But it's always good to talk. Nice. Yeah. But when you first went freelance, you mentioned going into a co-work space and things like that. Do you know many other freelancers? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I'm well, uh, I have a few local freelance colleagues here. Um, I'm now part of the board, I think you can say, of the the design association where I live. So, yeah, so that's really cool. So we get together and and we have to have um, conversations about the, you know, how to work and how we find clients or or just best practice good design practice from the client side from the designer side so there's lots of things so that's a good way of you know meeting other freelancers and and also online on those communities i i mentioned i think it's important to create a network and and have some support because it can get lonely to work at home as much as i enjoy sometimes you get you get you get in your head too much you know and and it's good to go out and talk to other people and realize that they go through the same thing. So I have a friend, she's a translator, 
and she she's been doing it for ages. And always when I get nervous or I get upset about something, or I just call her, <laughs> you know, and she helps me sometimes. Just you know, it's it's a, it's a long marathon, you know. So yeah, it's good to have other freelancers around. Oh, that's a lovely thing to have. Yeah, rather than sitting there letting it eat yourself up. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it's just good to you know just to share because it's um. It's an interesting path, I think, being freelance. I think uh, uh, you have to think that you have a business. You know, I see myself as a, I, I own a business. I am my business, let's say. But it's always good to, to know that you're not alone on the path you chose. You know, there's lots of people going through the same things. Yeah. So in that period where you're working in the agency, but you're taking on, you know, side projects, you're doing little bits of freelance work here and there, building up a buffer of cash. Mm -hmm. How did you get that work to be the sort of work that you wanted it to be? Because when you first went freelance, you weren't getting the sort of clients that you really wanted to get is what you said. And yet second time around you have. So maybe there was this period in between when you were working on the side where you figured it out. Yeah, I mean, when I first went freelancing, it's not I had bad clients that they were they were like really nice projects and that I, that I did then, and I was enjoying it. It's just I think it was more about the way I approached freelancing, you know, how I valued my work and how ready I was. I do think I jumped in too soon. I think that can happen to some people. So I just think I jumped in too soon, not having enough experience as a freelancer. And as a business owner as well, I think the business side of things also uh, let me down. I let myself down <laughs> with the business side of th sides of things. So I think it was a mixture of um, the way I approached freelance for the first time, that I wasn't quite ready, I wasn't quite there yet, and not so much uh, the work I was doing, but how I was approaching it, you know, and that was uh, mostly on me, to be honest. And then the second time, I know learning from from that, it was easier to how I position myself, how I spoke to clients, the processes, uh, the work process got much better. So the results uh, were were better as well. And and how how I I know value myself, value the work, and I think was more uh more about that, not so much the work itself. If I'm right. if I'm explaining, but yeah, the work. Um, I try to 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 look at, at each new client as a new opportunity to expand my portfolio and really putting myself into it to better the, the processes and and how I was presenting myself to the client and, and to the world nice yeah now Victoria I always do this thing where I ask for three facts about yourself to make two true one a lie and let me figure out the lie what do you have for me okay so first one I had a pet sparrow okay <laughs> <laughs> don't laugh okay. <laughs> uh, second I won a prize for best salsa dancer Oh, yeah. And and then the number three is I represented myself in court. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to go to uh, Salsa first. Like, what was the what was the prize? Uh, it was on a cruise, and I won the cruise, like the 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 price of the cruise, you know, for the, the trip. So it was the 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 contest was in, we were already in the cruise, and there was a a contest with all the participants that were there and and then we won like my partner and I didn't I didn't dance on my own and and we won uh, the cruise for free so that that was the prize and a beautiful uh golden pineapple as well <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope that's true just uh, if it isn't 
the imagination does just suddenly go, oh, maybe this isn't convincing enough. There was a, there was a golden pineapple. Of course there was. Because at what one else? point, it, I'm thinking a cruise, like that's, if you're on a cruise and then to win the cruise, that, that's a huge prize. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. That was amazing. Well, the, I was but thrilled. I mean, throw in a golden pineapple as well. I'm not surprised. <laughs> well, it was not uh, made of gold, but you know. <laughs> I should have kept up my salsa dancing all those years ago. You um, see? Okay. <laughs> you, you had a pet sparrow. Yeah, it was my first pet. Was it a wild sparrow that... It was a, a street sparrow, if we can say that. Uh, yeah, we found her hurt uh, on the on the sidewalk. And then we took her home, uh, took her to the vet, and and she stayed with us for a few months until she was um, healed and flew. <laughs> One day she flew away out of the window. I let her, you know, free, like flying in, in the house, and she would um, land on my head, and I would walk with her on my head or my shoulder. She was just so amazing. Uh, and, yeah, she stayed with us for a few months, and then when she was ready, I left the window open, so if she wanted to leave, she was, you know, free to go. Uh, she had her her cage as well for the evening and all that, but you know she was had you know she was there for for quite a few months. I don't remember how many, but yeah, quite a few months. How old were you? I was I was living. I think I was four, four or five. Four and the sparrow. No, no, I wasn't four. Wait a second. No, I was five. I should have been five or six. Yeah. And did you name the sparrow? I did, but I cannot share because sometimes I use it as a password. <laughs> 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 so, What's the name of your first pet? So no. <laughs> of course. Okay. All right. I am believing both of these. Okay. And yet, and yet the third one is so like it's a it's very different, let's just say. Yeah, so it is. You represented yourself in court. Well, I was living in London. We can do a whole podcast about this. <laughs> but I was living in London. I I was on a visa. And just before I, I was supposed to start my post-graduation, uh, I got my visa denied, which was heartbreaking for me. And I had to apply, to apply, you know, to appeal in court. And there was like paying, hiring a lawyer to do that for me cost as much as my, as my post-graduation course. So that was not an option. And, and I had to do it on my own. So I went to to a lawyer, I don't know how you call it, uh, it's a solicitor yeah. that gives you like just the grounds of appeal that you need to to know so so you can, you know, actually create your defense. I don't know the technical language here anymore. Okay, so you create your defense and and then you go and you have the grounds of appeal and he said uh, he couldn't represent me because they were like, um, I don't know, like uh, lawyers that will represent if they think you have more than 50% chance of, of winning and he, he thought I didn't. Um, but I went anyway and I won. So I got my visa back and I got to do my post-graduation. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So you won, which also meant you got to stay. Yeah. I stayed for a few more years in the UK and I got a job in advertising. And yeah. So after that, yeah. I see a new Netflix court drama um, <laughs> where you represent people, but, you know, on the side you're doodling and the doodles are really cool because you're also an artist. Um, <laughs> and they they let me stay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay, this is quite tough, actually, because I believe them all. Oh, good. <laughs> pet Sparrow. The Pet Sparrow is a beautiful story. And the password thing at the end is so, it was so quick that that feels like it must be true. The courtroom thing, that feels like it's probably true. 
which which means yeah actually to be fair now i reconsider it i still think giving the prize of a cruise would be a massive prize and then the random golden pineapple even though that feels real because it's so odd and listen maybe you've just plucked salsa out because you're thinking right brazil salsa i'll throw that in there he'll think maybe you can't even salsa dance oh that's the lie you didn't win a prize at salsa oh you're good (laughs) yes well i tell you what i'll become a detective and then you can take everybody to court we'll work together Exactly. Yeah, no, that was good. That was a good thinking behind it. But yeah, I, I never won a prize for a salsa then. So no, <laughs> no golden pineapple for me. No, it's a tragedy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Now, Victoria, if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would that be? Yeah, I think I would say just value your work and what you can offer to to your clients, you know, from, you know, just make sure you, you value that. And Learn, learn about the business side of things, you know, early on and prepare yourself. Just this, just understanding, you know, how it works. And I think that gives you clarity and just an easier way to get started. You know, it's, it's good to get things organized before you start because you're going to have more free time when you start to, to get the business set up because then the work starts coming in, hopefully. And then, then it's harder to, to, you know, organize these things. And, um, and yeah, and just, um, Keep work with goals. I think that's really important. So finding your goals and also um, make projections of how much you want to earn and where this money is going to come from. So just um, be organizing that way too. So you're someone who has goals then? Yeah. Yeah. I put financial goals and things. <laughs> yeah, I have. Uh, I try to set up a few goals that I want to, you know, each year, like not too many, but important ones and, and nice to have ones. Just so... I think it keeps you going and it's easier to lose track of, you know, um, what do you really want when you're busy with all the life things and work things. So I like to write down my goals and, and just every now and then refer back to them <laughs> to see if I'm on track. And if I want to change ideas in the middle of the way, that's fine. But it's just that to be a conscious decision. Oh, Victoria, it's been such a joy chatting to you. Thank you so much. Go to beingfreelance.com. There's links through so that you can find Victoria online. uh, And do check out her prints as well, because they're awesome. Uh, That's at beingfreelance.com. And, of course, on there you'll find tons of other guests, nearly 300 of them now. Uh, So, remember, it it doesn't matter what they do for a living, because it's all about the being freelance. So don't just listen to the ones that do what you do oh and as victoria kindly mentioned i have created a course (laughs) so you can find that as well just click course at beingfreelance.com but for now victoria thanks so much and all the best being freelance thank you steve there we go so nice chat to victoria i love her art prints as well do check them out one of them featured in the gift guide that i did towards the end of 2022 which you can still find on the blog at beingfreelance.com loads of great episodes to come this season make sure you've clicked follow or subscribe in your app of choice if you've enjoyed this please do consider leaving a review and i hope to see you in the new community oh by the way if you take the course you get six months free membership of the community nod nod wink wink okay it's been nice being back i've missed this i'll see you very soon for another one have a great week being freelance Thank you.